Well, now here it is. It is what it is. I'm back again with another episode of Chomping at the Bit. Last episode was a little choppy, audio sounded like shit, and for some reason I can't refrain myself from giving full fucking names. Uh, I'm going to try to chill out on that. Uh, I did my best to edit out um, full names from the last episode. Uh, I think... Yeah, I, 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 I didn't get them all out there. I got the ones that matter. At least ones that actually like know who I am like presently and could uh, do their homework. Not like anybody is listening to this shit right now. So, um, yeah. Uh, audio sounded like shit. Uh, I need to pronunciate. Tip of the tongue. Teeth in the lips. Pronunciate. I need to pronunciate more. Talking to the mic. I uh, started whispering a lot then, but, um, you know, that's what it is. That's what it is. It is what it is. I'm starting off. I'm, I'm not really sure what I'm doing here, but basically I'm, I'm reaching for any serotonin and dopamine and whatever I can get, I'll take. <laughs> and this is giving me a, a good dose of it. I don't know why, but, uh, this is like journaling to the next level. And a lot of people might be like, what kind of fucking psychopath wants to journal out loud and put it on a public platform? Me, all right? Me. And the reason I want to do that is because I know that my personal stories could definitely help somebody out there somewhere, you know, because I've been through some shit. And, well, you know, you can probably tell just from that first episode, but, uh, <sighs> yeah, I was gonna post, uh, another, another one of these things yesterday, but, um, I didn't get around to it, I wasn't having a great day, I'm actually going through a breakup right now, and, um, still live with her, I still live with the girl, and, uh, we're, we're on good terms, you know, it's, a. Uh, Oh, according to her, it's pretty awkward living with me. <laughs> I'm trying my best to not make it awkward, you know what I mean? But, like, at the same time, uh, of course, I still have fucking, I have feelings for her. And, you know, long story short, um, it is my fault that the uh, relationship is ending. Uh, it wasn't the right time. Uh, I, I, I couldn't dare bring myself to say she wasn't the right person or I wasn't the right person. I just don't believe it was the right time. Um... I rushed things, you know, I moved in with her pretty damn fucking quick, and, uh, you know, I didn't take care of obligations in which I needed to take care of to maintain a relationship, and, uh, and that's, you know, that's my bad. So anyways, I've just been, um, laying around thinking, and, uh, really thinking about this podcast and uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to keep the name chomping at the bit. Uh, I got a few other ideas rolling around inside my, my, my Thunderdome here. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I've just been thinking about this podcast and, and how much it did help me that day, you know, recording for that hour. It's like, I'm talking to my best friend and my best friend is me and uh that could be uh, sociopathic but uh i think i am my best friend you know i make myself laugh more than i anybody else makes me laugh i mean other than this uh, ex uh this person i'm living with um she made me laugh a lot but uh 
you know, it's come it's come to my attention that uh I um really need to take care of myself and uh stop looking for outside sources to help me feel not broken. And I've done that my entire life, you know, I've always had uh, inner problems, inner turmoils within myself, and frankly, I'm not even sure this is still recording. Uh, is this recording still? Oh, it is recording, goddamn. Yeah, I've had a lot of uh, problems with... Um handling my problems from within myself and I, I I always uh try to look for other sources of validation uh to cover up and to aid in me fixing the things that I find wrong with myself and um according to fucking TikToks uh, that's a karmic relationship, and that's something that I've always kind of attached myself to is karmic relationships, uh, a relationship in which you know I refuse to 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 face my own demons. I refuse to solve my own problems, and I latch on to the first thing that makes me forget about them. And it's not fair. It's not fair to uh to the to the other person and it's not fair to me because uh you know I have these deep-seated feelings about myself that that need to be resolved and <laughs> uh looking for an outside source uh, is is selfish and it's uh it's detrimental to their uh, well-being and it's a it's coming coming to grips with that is really hard I mean with most relationships I've been in like all of the relationships I've been in uh, you know it's sad breaking up you know it's sad leaving somebody that you spend a lot of time with but uh, most of the other relationships I've been with I wasn't attached to them uh, on a spiritual level on a on a deeper level other than physical and you know attached to them being that distraction uh so them leaving me you know put me in a dark spot but i was never longing for their companionship i was longing for companionship but this relationship is very different and i'm sure plenty of people fucking say that shit but i mean you know she is very different we're from the same hometown and not very many people are from that hometown and uh you know, we've had our own separate lives and they kind of led us together and, you know, like, it, it, it's it's very, very difficult for me to say that this wasn't true love, but it really was at the wrong time. I have a lot of issues I need to take care of on my own and uh, her herself, you know, she uh, she had a lot of inner inner demons too that she needed to work on and we both kind of used each other as a distraction. I mean even though we loved each other so much and so truthfully, you know, there was a underlying uh, brokenness within us both. And, 
and ultimately, you know, it led to um, us uh, no longer being together. <clears throat> and it's been hard, you know. Like, I think I think she broke up. She broke up with me, which is, uh, you know, I commend her for that. You know, it's a very admirable thing for her to do. You know, she can. She has that ability to um, to make a decision, even though it's a decision that she does not want to make. Uh, she makes those decisions because she knows that they're they're best for her and they're best for me. They're best for both parties. And you know, I admired that about her so much because you know, me, I would have stayed in this fucking relationship and been you know, and and left my fucking problems unsolved. You know. Uh, but that's just me, and that's not a good thing. I'm not fucking saying, oh, I fucking wanted this relationship, and she didn't, you know? Like, I'm not saying that. Like, she is in the right completely. Like, she had the balls, the lady balls, to to end something when it was needed to be ended. And, uh, you know, for a while afterwards, like, we still love each other. We still have love for each other. So, you know, we're still hugging, kissing, you know, cuddling, sleeping together. Uh, we just weren't called boyfriend, girlfriend anymore. And I mean, to be honest with you, I was fine with that because, you know, I love all those things. But it was just recently, maybe like three, four days ago, you know, she decided, you know, it was time that, you know, we stopped sleeping with each other and we stopped uh, doing these things that people who broke up uh, don't do, you know, like, holding hands, cuddling, kissing, you know, all that ooey-gooey stuff, you know. <laughs> Sorry if I sound a little congested. I just got over COVID. I've had COVID for like six days. I'm just now getting over it. Um, that's a, another big reason, you know, six days is, so like four days ago, she wanted to stop. She was with me for fucking, she was fixing to be with me for five days straight. So, you know, she was probably like, damn, this is probably not going to be healthy for our psyches if we uh, continue sleeping with each other, you know, the expectations and, you know, she's a sweet girl. She didn't want to ever feel like she was leading me on or giving me hopes that, you know, things weren't over and things were going to go back to the way they were. So, you know, she nipped it in the bud, and, and yeah, we haven't slept with each other in a while. I, I made a mistake, you know. Uh, I made a couple mistakes, you know, in overstepping my boundaries. But it's just, it, it was difficult to to come to grips with those boundaries and and to actually allow myself to, to uh, be comfortable on the right side of those boundaries. And uh, it is hard. It still is hard to this day when I see her. You know, of course, I want to fucking hug her. I want to kiss her. I want to hold her. You know, like you see that same skin that you've touched for, you know, however much time you've been with somebody and you see it every day. And it's just that realization. It's like, oh, I am not allowed to touch this person anymore. The one person that I was allowed, the one person that was allowed to touch her in the ways that I used to, I am no longer allowed that. And it's crazy, unreal feeling. Like, it feels like you're in a dream. Like, you're seeing everything that you've had right before your eyes, but it's it's not the same. And it's taking me some time to, uh, to be okay with that, but 
Um, I'm getting to the point, and you know, this uh, podcast is actually a cool catalyst for me into ushering myself into the life of being okay with this. <laughs> I don't know, like uh, being able to just uh, you know talk and get my feelings out and just say what's on my mind to somebody without you know making somebody uncomfortable or making somebody feel guilty or. I don't know, bombarding somebody's ear with bullshit that they don't want to hear. <laughs> you know, it, it helps a lot. And this is this is my journal. And it's a public journal. You can listen if you want to. There's a lot of secrets. There's a lot of fucking stories. A lot of things going on in my head. And you're welcome to tag along if you'd like. But, um, yeah, so it's been a rough uh, month. Well, we're planning on moving, you know, into our own places at the end of the lease, which is uh, in a couple months. And at first, you know, I thought it was like unreal. Like I, I thought, you know, like, oh, she's just threatening me. Like she's just, you know, kicking, put a little fire under my ass so I get my shit together. And of course, you know, I put the pedal to the metal whenever the time came, but it was too late, you know. She'd already put fire under my ass plenty of times, and, you know, I was under the stupid, lazy, selfish impression that, oh, she's not going to leave, I have all the time in the world, which is very selfish of me, and there's no excuse for that mind frame, you should never have that mind frame, you should always get shit done, period, get shit done, if you know something needs to be done, and you know you have the capability, and the time, and the resources to do it, do it, because once it's done, that's it. You don't have to do it anymore. It's done. And I just wish I would have done all the things that I needed to do. Um, shit, even fucking four months ago, five months ago. And things would be a lot different right now. And, you know, I could sit around and mope and cry and and just be like a a downer, like a negative person and look at this as like, oh no, this is the moment I break down and fall back into a a bunny hole of self-despair and self-harm, you know? But I'm not. I can't do that because unlike any other person that I have ever been with, uh this person um means a lot to me and her perception of me it means a lot to me and she always tells me you know if you're gonna better yourself don't do it for me don't do it as if you know I'm for sure going to be with you again when you get your shit together you know what I mean do it because you want to be proud of you and and that's a really big deal right there I I do need to do it to be proud of me because that was the biggest problem is that like you know I haven't been proud of me in over a decade now, you know, like I haven't thought of myself favorably in a long time. And, and you know, it's for me to expect somebody to be in love with me when I can't even bring myself to like myself. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous and it doesn't make sense. And this is a very hard situation to deal with because, you know, like I said, every other person I've been with, you know, peace out, you know, I'll leave, I'll go, 
I'll go do drugs, or I'll go party, or I'll go fuck bitches, you know, or I've never fucked bitches, I've never been that way, I'm just saying, like, I'm gonna go do whatever I want, and this relationship is over, so who cares, but this one is different, I don't want to do that, I don't want to fall into any bunny holes, I don't want to uh, hurt myself uh, physically, mentally, spiritually, I don't want to fall back into drug use or anything like that, and uh, I don't want to make her feel guilty, I don't want her to pity me either, um, I just want to be the best fucking friend I can be for her, and and be the best friend I can be to myself, and I think that's gonna take me very far, but, um, yeah, anyways, uh, enough about that, I, uh, I've been, uh, doing my best and stepping out of my shell, and, uh, trying to socialize more, I mean, like, as far as Facebook, or, you know, shit like that, uh, I joined, like, a, a group on Facebook of, like, emo kids, and if you're not familiar what an emo kid is, then fucking Google it, it's 2022, I don't feel the need to explain a genre of person, but, uh, I mean, there's some cool, nice people on there, funny, fun shit, you know, posting memes, uh, and whatnot, I mean, that's pretty much as much socialization as I've fucking had on there as I post a meme and then we shit talk in the comments. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, I've just been trying to occupy my time being productive. Um, I got a social security card being delivered to me. I've been without a social security card, no license, no insurance, no car for so long. And I always told myself, I don't know how, dude. Oh, I don't want to figure it out. Oh, it's probably complicated. Dude, I got online and I ordered my social security card and it was sent to my fucking house like in 30 minutes. No, I filled out the application and submitted it in less than five minutes. I got a confirmation that it was being sent to my house in 30 minutes. I put that shit off for years, and it took me 30 minutes to do. And that kind of shit just confuses the fuck out of me. I'm like, why do I do this? Why do I convince myself that shit is hard? <laughs> like, that I can't do something, and I put it off. And then, right now, I'm realizing the things I'm putting off for years are the easiest things ever. Like, I could literally do what I have to do so easily, and I just put it off. It's fucking procrastination to the nth degree, you know? Like, it doesn't make sense. And I do that shit with simple things. Simple things, man. It's just like, oh, I'll do that in a sec. Give me a sec. Give me a minute. And deep down in my head, I'm just like, I really hope that they forget about this. I hope they forgot to, that they asked me to do that thing. Oh, no worries. I'll do it in a minute. I, I, I'm almost done. As soon as this video is over, I'm going to do blank dishes, clean cat litter, sweep the floor, mop the floor. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Right after this video, I'm going to get to it. Oh, God, please forget. Please forget that you asked me. Please forget that the floors are dirty. Yeah, it's almost done. I got like five minutes. Oh, God, I'm going to start a video really 
fast. As soon as this video ends, I'm going to start another one. Hopefully they don't notice. Yeah, it's almost done. I'm going to get to it. And that's just how I am. And it's fucking, it's not cool. It's not cool. It's not cool. Like, uh, God, it's way cooler to just do shit. Honestly, like I feel so much better about myself when I just get up. Like, I'm just like, oh, I don't want to do the dishes. But as soon as I do the dishes and I see that clean sink, ching, ching, sparkle, sparkle, shining, dude, when I see the kitchen clean and I know I did that and I know it took me five minutes and it was not hard at all. Dude, of course, I fucking feel great about myself. Take the dog out for a fucking walk, fucking three times a day. He's fucking happy with it. He's laying right here with me right now. He's happy. He's walked. Walked him twice today. I woke up at noon. Well, I woke up at 10.30, but I got out of bed at noon. Eh, so depressed. So depressed. Excuse me if I do fucking Chris D'Elia shit. Dude, I've been listening to Chris D'Elia's podcast. Congratulations. Like every day for like a couple months. So I might do some eh, eh, necessary. Like some shit like that. I don't know. Some mannerisms and shit from uh, Chris D'Elia. He's one of my favorite comedians. But um, yeah, he honestly is one of the inspirations um, for me to start a solo podcast. Because I don't know. He's got like like 200 plus episodes of just him talking like he doesn't have any guests and uh yeah he just talks about whatever the fuck is on his mind and like that shit's my jam you know sometimes uh guests on podcasts like become so convoluted and you're just like oh here's this viewpoint this viewpoint this viewpoint this viewpoint gotta say that fucking seven times fast this viewpoint this viewpoint this viewpoint that's that tongue twisters right fucking crazy I remember when I was in the Laurel Ridge Mental Evaluation Clinic. Long story. I'll get into that another day. Uh, I was there, and I learned from some of the uh, other patients. Toy boat. Toy boat. Toy boat. Toy boat. Toy boat, dude. It just morphs. Morphs. Uh, and and people, I hate whenever you tell somebody a fucking tongue twister. You're like, oh, say toy boat three t- uh, fucking five times fast, and they're just like toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. I'm like, no, say it like you. Don't say it like fucking speaking spell. That's not what I, like. It doesn't. I can go toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. Yes, of course, I can do that too. Say it like like you, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. It's a, a, a yeah, and and then they don't do it. They continue toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. It's like no, fuck you, fuck you. Walking away from that person, man. It's the same kind of person that you tell jokes and they try to like legitimately answer your question. Like, it's like, uh, how did the blind drown? Simple joke, simple joke. You're not supposed to guess the answer, though. Like, it, it's not, like, a real question. And and they're just like, hmm, how do the blonde drown? Uh, shoot, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe they had all their jewelry on and, uh, they say, I don't know, uh, I don't know, I don't know, tell me. I'm like, yeah, I was gonna tell you. You're not supposed to guess. They put a scratch and sniff sticker at the bottom of the pool. Dude, that's the answer. But you weren't supposed to guess. And now you ruin the momentum of the joke. Ah, tongue twisters. 
Where the fuck was I? What was I talking about? What was I talking about? Well, that's it. That's it. I'm not going to listen back to this entire fucking 24 minutes of fucking podcast to figure out what the hell I was talking about. I don't remember. ADHD. That's what happens. I don't have medication. I'm not seeing any therapists or anything like that. This is it. This is what you get. You get a fucking mind that goes ba-boom, ba-ba, ba-boom, ba-boo, ba-pow. And it goes everywhere. And I don't even know where it's going to go. Anyways, uh, I messaged my old boss today. And uh, to ask him about an old coworker that uh, I worked there for, for like two years with at the worked at this Arabic restaurant in Austin called Phoenician Restaurant Cafe. Uh, it does not exist anymore. Well, I think he actually did open up another fucking location, but I don't know some shady shit. Uh, anyways, I worked there for like two years with this guy, and uh, is a nice dude. He always helped me out when I needed help. You know, gave me rides and everything. And when I moved here to San Antonio. You know, I think I contacted him maybe like once or twice and then it was like ghost town, like nothing. I got like one last message that just was sent, not delivered, never read it. And I just haven't heard from him in, in such a long time. So I was just like, well, damn, man, I wonder his uh, his name was Reis. And I'll say his name because good fucking luck figuring out how to spell that. His name is Reis. I called him Gaith. Faith with a G. I don't know if that's how you spell it, duh, but, you know, they always gave me fake names. So, like, you'd have a guy come in, and he'd be like, I'd be like, all right, name for the order? And he's like, my name is Bub. And I'm like, you're a liar, but thank you. Uh, but anyways, I messaged my old boss, and I was like, hey, man, where's Gaith? I haven't heard from him in a long time. Like 30 minutes later, I get a text message. He died overdose. And I'm like, dude, I'm about to fucking cry. Dude, it hit me hard. I, I like this guy. He was a really nice dude. He was only like fucking like 34, 35. And I was like, no fucking way. I didn't even know. I didn't even know he did drugs, man. Me and him could have got down. I'm just kidding. I was kidding. I'm just, kidding. I'm just playing. Uh, but yeah, it, was, it fucking hit me hard. And I was like, I was on the verge of tears. And I, I just messaged back. I was like, when did this happen, man? When did this happen? This is so sad. He was such a nice guy. Are you serious? Are you serious? And I just get a message back. No, I am just fucking with you. I don't know where he is. I'm like, what kind of heartless piece of shit? And then he follows up with, So are you going to come work for me again? And I'm like, dude, no. I mean, shit, man. I'm not going to go work for you, bro. Dude, I, I, I want to get into it with, about this fucking particular restaurant owner. I will not give... His name is Ziad. I only say that because there's like 200 billion of them just inside fucking Austin. There's so many Ziads in Austin. You ain't going to find the one I'm talking about. Or maybe you will. Maybe this fucking, maybe my stories will have a reputation. And, you know, people are like, oh, I think I know who you're talking about, dude. Well, I also said the name of his old restaurant. So do your fucking homework, man. Let's see how fucking your due diligence. Let's see your due diligence. Let's see your due diligence, man. See if you can figure out who this guy is. Anyways, dude's offered me like $17 an hour to go work in his kitchen. And I'm like, dude, you never even took taxes out of my check. You filed me as a 1090. Uh, You fucking never paid me overtime. I worked like 70 
to 80 hour weeks man my longest week was the week before thanksgiving and it was 89 hours and 45 minutes you must be like how is that possible you must have been there every day yeah that's what i was i was there every fucking day that still doesn't make sense you would have to be there from the morning till yes yes I would wake up at 8.30 in the morning sometimes, dude. I showed up when the fuck I wanted to because he wasn't going to fire you. I'd show up there, try to show up there at 9 in the morning. I would not leave that restaurant until 1, 2 in the morning sometimes. And you wonder why, like, re- like restaurant employees abuse cocaine? That's why. Yeah, fucking, a lot of these dudes get worked hard. And a lot of these, like, specialized restaurants like this one, it was an Arabic Lebanese restaurant. It was downtown Austin. Boom! Right there on Rainy Street. Not on Rainy Street. Behind Rainy Street. Let's not be fucking, let's not get this shit twisted. Uh, it was in the middle of a dirt parking lot. It's terrible. Anyways. It's hard, man. And, and Arabic people don't fuck around, dude. They don't come in with just three people. They're like... Oh, let's go out to eat. Call everybody you know. And, oh, set a reservation and call ahead? Nah, let's just fucking show up. I know the guy. And then they'll show up like 24 people deep. 24 fucking people deep. And be like, hello, uh, we are looking for a table for 24 people. And uh, we're like, oh, for like tomorrow? Oh, no, like in 20 minutes. And I'm just like, huh. Okay, get this, get this, get this. It is literally one waitress, one person on grill. This is my friend Gaith, uh, and me on like sous chef prep uh, and stuff like that. And basically, Gaith would have to go help the waitress wait tables because we had like three sections inside and then an outside patio where we had to serve hookah. Dude, he had, like, a fucking restaurant that needed to be ran by, like, maybe eight people, and we had three per shift. And so, like, Gaith would leave, and I would have to work the grill, sous chef, make salads, make fucking the dips and the appetizers. I would do the kitchen by my fucking self. Man, you telling me you can get through seven days a week. We would go, like, sometimes a month, maybe a month and a half, maybe even two months with no day off. Me, not as much because, you know... That's fucking, that's foreigner DNA, man. That's like that hardworking, trying, like, and that's no fucking, uh, that's, that's not an insult on foreigners. Like, that is an admirable thing. And there's something about somebody who came to this country looking for a better life. Dude, they work like nobody's fucking business. Like, this dude, Ahmad, Ahmad, I'll say his name too, because guess what? There's about 2,700 of those 2,700,000 million of those in Austin alone. You ain't going to find him. I promise you. And I promise you that's probably not even his real name. I think they gave us fake names sometimes just because they didn't want uh, to hear me pronounce it wrong. Uh, who knows? This dude, fucking, he, he moved there. He'd only lived there for, like, fucking, I don't even know, like, maybe four or five years. The dude had already, like made enough money to fucking get a food truck and fucking buy a fucking bmw like the dude had a fucking family he had kids he was taking care of kids man i can barely take care of my cats and i'm over here making the same amount of money well maybe not the same amount of money who knows how much fucking money we made that dude would just write fucking checks whatever the fuck he wanted to well anyways yeah like they just worked man a gaith he started there but he started off taking a day off every month 
It was crazy. He, he, I saw that dude go like almost three months with no day off by choice, dude. He would get a day off. Like sometimes the would be like, okay, so you'll take day off. You know, you'd get angry when you know you, you need rest. You need rest. And then he'd give him the rest. And then these motherfuckers would come in on their day off. They'd come walking into the kitchen in fucking basketball shorts and fucking sandals and shit. And they're just like, hello, guys. How are you doing? How is everybody? And I'm just like, what are you doing here? You've been here for fucking three months straight. Just all day, all night. And you want to come here on your day off to say hi? And they're like, I come to get food. I'm like, dude, you eat here every day. Do you go get Jack in the Box, Whataburger, fucking anything. I'm like, dude, as soon as I walk out those front doors, the last thing I'm thinking about is, oh, I can't wait to go back in that motherfucker. You know, these guys are crazy. They got a work ethic like nobody's fucking business. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, so this this boss, he just ran restaurant like I've never seen anybody run a restaurant like most restaurants they have like in like a computer an office somewhere in which they keep track of inventory scheduling payroll you know food costs things like that none of that existed here none of it it was dining room kitchen we as employees regular employees there was no manager position it was just you were you were quasiad uh would take uh, a tap, a little pamphlet, the, those uh, fucking pieces of paper that the waitresses take orders on, uh, paper, uh, let's call it paper, uh, just regular paper and a pen. And we'd walk around the store and we'd have to fucking, uh, while we're working and doing everything else, we have to fucking take inventory, like on a fucking piece of paper. And needless to say, we ran out of things quite a lot because, uh, it's fucking stupid. Anyways, you would think he had like a delivery service, right? That would bring, you know, what he needs weekly you know, place an order weekly and you get an order weekly and keeps track of, you know, food costs and how much you're wasting and all that stuff. No, this dude would every single day want us to message him that list and he would drive to Restaurant Depot, come with a van full of fucking shit. And like, it, it was just, it was all very archaic very archaic and oh my god man it, it it was insane it was insane it was an insane place to work uh, i can't even think of all the fucking cr- oh yeah like, uh, i don't know if this is like a normal practice but he set up all the gas lines himself in his other restaurant cut uh i'm just not even gonna say it uh, <laughs> he fucking set up the gas lines himself he's super proud about it too and uh he was in there and he was setting up a new fryer uh gas fryer and he goes up to the fucking pipe, he turns on the gas, and then he takes a lighter to it, and he goes, if there's a leak, you'll see a fire come out. And I'm just like, yeah. If there was a leak, wouldn't like we be dead? Wouldn't we be fucking human skewers? Human kebabs? Some fucking Robert Shorma? I don't know. That fucking sounds really dangerous. And like, oh, I guarantee you, dude, I'd probably have fucking dead brain cells because I'd be working in that kitchen. It smelt like gas all fucking day long. I don't know how I didn't blow up or why I didn't care then. But, <laughs> but dude, the place was a fucking death trap. A fucking death trap, I tell you.
Right now I work for God's Gift to Grocery Stores, H-E-B, best fucking place to fucking shop here in Texas, and hopefully it fucking spreads nationwide so I can get the fuck out of Texas, and I can actually work at H-E-B still. It's a great job. They pay fucking great. They offer great fucking benefits, and with promo code CHOMPING, you can... I'm just kidding. No, but no, H-E-B is badass. Like, I'll fucking hype up this job any day. And, like, I love working here. I've been here for, like, just about under a year, and it's great, man. I'm fucking comfortable with shit. They pay nice. They fucking treat you very well. I had COVID. They pay me for five days off. I mean, that may not seem like much. Like, most jobs probably should do that, but, like, that shit didn't happen. I've had COVID before. I worked at fucking McAllister's Deli, and I had to be out for 10 days, and they didn't pay me a fucking thing. But whenever a fucking Texas's snowstorm came, they wanted <coughs> excuseeth me, excuseeth. I'm not drinking alcohol. I'm not today. Sober, dude. Sober as a judge. Anyways, yeah, they wanted me to come in on the snowstorm to fucking stand next to a general manager and the fucking owner making like a hundred sandwiches for all these rich white people with fucking snow tires on. And I say I say rich white people because I was able to witness the window. It was all rich white people. Like uh, there was n- there was no fucking Toyota Corollas in the fucking line. Uh, or there was all like Lincoln's fucking GMs, Denali's and shit like that. Like, and they would order a lot of sand. They were ordering sandwiches for the fucking week or something, man. It was just like I went one day. And I was just like, man, y'all didn't even pay me for COVID leave. Like, y'all fucking promised me raises and never gave them to me. And y'all want me to come in on the fucking snowstorm, dude? I'm out. I'm not doing it. And yeah, so H-E-B, they paid me. There was no questions about it. It was like five days. You get five days of compensation for COVID. I've been out for six. And I feel better i get to go back to work tomorrow and it's not like i'm fucking missed out on any pay you know like they they take care of their fucking employees it's nice and ziad wants me to go back there for 17 dollars an hour of untaxed fucking money on my fucking record no fucking thank you i'm like if i'm ever back in austin i'll you'll be the first person i call yeah fucking right dude call the cops on shit um Anyways, <coughs> sorry, excuseeth me. I'm sober from drink. I got a little bit of uh, something else. But um, speaking of crazy jobs, I think my favorite slash crazy job I've ever had was Freebirds World Burrito. But like back in the day, like when I was 19. I was uh, homeless. I I just got hired at Freebirds. I lived... I had broken up with this girl who I was going to move in with, and she canceled that lease, and I ended up having to move in with these two dudes that I worked with at Walmart at the time. So I worked at Walmart as an unloader with these two dudes. And I told them about my situation, and they are just like, well, dude, you can stay with us. We'll give you, like... You know, we get paid the same day, so we'll give you enough time to, you know, gather rent. (coughs) And I was like, cool, that's fine, that's awesome. And so they didn't tell me that they had another guy living with them, one of their friends named Stefano. And that's the only name I'm going to give you. Uh, This was a one-eyed 
Jamaican guy. He was 25 at the time. I was 19. Um, this house was empty, man. It was a two-bedroom apartment. Uh, you walk into the front door. To your left is a hallway with one bedroom and a bathroom. To the right is the kitchen and then a door on the adjacent side of the apartment with the second bedroom. Everything was empty. These guys were dude dudes beyond dude dudes. Like, there was no couch. No, wait, there was a couch. It was a white couch sitting against the wall in this big living room and a big box TV just on the floor. And then in Sheldon's room... That's the only name I'm going to give. I'm only going to give first names here because, you know, due diligence. If you want to know, figure it the fuck out. Uh, Sheldon's room was a mattress on the floor, entertainment center with video game TVs. And I can't recall anything else at all. I, I know he had a lot of figurines like, you know, superhero figurines or, I don't know, anime or whatever the hell they... They, they liked, I don't know, uh, didn't really pay attention, but yeah, it was very minimal, and then Brandon's room, do your homework, uh, was literally a futon, a fold-out couch bed, an entertainment center, video games, and above the entertainment city center, facing the, the futon, was the map of Skyrim, the video game, and I mean... They weren't virgins, you know, that's the thing. They had girlfriends, it was crazy. But, I mean, the girls were just as dorky as they were, but this place was empty, empty. And so, like, I get there, and the Stefano guy, it's a one-eyed uh, Jamaican guy, um, he had a glass eye, I mean, so it was all right, but it was kind of squinty, you know, you could tell something was not right with it. And uh, he was sitting on the couch, and I was just like, well, I guess I'm sleeping on the floor, but, I mean, shit, I mean, fuck it, you know, it's better than outside i hadn't been homeless yet uh coming up <laughs> coming soon homelessness so they're like oh wait i got something for you and brandon goes to his room and he comes out and he has like this tiny like it's like a mattress that would be on a toddler's bed like the kind of small mattress that would fit d- snug inside one of those race car beds He gives me one of those, and he was like, I have this in here for guests. I usually, you know, give it to people who stay in the night. Uh, You can use it, man. And I was just like, cool, awesome. I hope nobody's pissed or shat in it. Um, Thank you. Uh, This is also a white mattress. There's white carpets. There's a white couch, white ceiling, white walls. Everything's white, and it's an empty apartment. This is not good for my mental health at the time going through this breakup. Anyways, I started drinking and uh, smoking a lot, and uh, I ended up quitting Walmart and getting a job at Subway, and Subway was like literally like a walk, like a 10, 15 minute walk away from this apartment, so I got a job there, and uh, I went to work one day, I come home. I see Stefano passed out on the fucking couch. Passed out, and he has my bottle of tequila in his hand. And that thing is like two-thirds empty. I hadn't drank any of it. I was saving it for after work. 
So I'm pissed, and I'm like, what the fuck, man? I'm shaking him, kicking his foot, I'm pushing him around, and he goes, uh, 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 and he falls over, and he goes to sleep. Then, I go over to my grinder, and I had had three grams, three grams of flour. That bitch was damn near empty. Yeah, that motherfucker smoked like two and a half grams. Uh... And then my backpack was open and my snacks were eaten. So that was it. I was fucking fed up. And the next day, I waited for him to sober up. I took him outside. I even gave him a fucking cigarette. Just so he can have an excuse to come outside and talk to me. Because I knew he he didn't want to talk to me. And so I gave him the cigarette and I was like, come here. I was like, my stuff is my stuff. I have a job and I was able to purchase those things. He did not have a job. He wasn't doing anything. He was trying to get a job, quote unquote. But I mean, I got a job fucking, I'd had fucking almost three jobs in the time I was there. Anyway, uh, and I was just like, it it doesn't make sense to me because I'm like the nicest guy. If you had texted me and said, hey, dude, can I have some of your shit? I would have been like, hey, dude, can you just wait for me to get home and then we'll fucking party, you know, like we'll have a good time. I would have been like, totally. I would have been down with that. But you took my shit, and that's completely disrespectful. And then he looks at me, he goes, are you threatening me, Robert? I was like, no, I'm a 19-year-old talking to a 25-year-old like a fucking kid. And it's fucking ridiculous. I don't want any problems here. I don't want to fight you. Because honestly, this dude would have beat the shit out of me. He was like six foot three, like shredded as fuck. Like, but they, they, he didn't even really work out though. Like he, he had like retard strength. Like the dude was not smart. He was a really dumb dude. He would do weird shit. Like he would roll green tea into cigarettes and smoke it. He would fucking grab handfuls of unflavored oatmeal and just shove it in his mouth and eat it. Like, the, the dude was, like, off. And he had, like, retard strength. Like, he was fucking... Uh, you said that I would. You said that I would. No. <laughs> Sorry if I offended you. Um, but, uh... One second, getting a phone call. Sorry. That was, uh... My ex? <laughs> but she's still my friend. That was my friend. I'm just going to say my friend now. I don't think I should refer to her as my ex. I actually fucking get offended when I see that she refers to me as her ex to other people. I'm just like, what the hell, man? I'm going to have a name. I wasn't, what the, um, well, anyways. Uh, so he goes, are you threatening me? Uh, are you threatening me? And I'm like, no, I fucking blah, blah, blah. What I said, you know, I'm talking to a child, me, uh, you're 25, 19. Um, and I was just like, I don't want any problems. I don't want you to fucking fight me because I know that's not going to work out in my favor. It's not like it's going to teach you a lesson. And I just, I, I want you to respect me. And I was like, I, I've been pretty damn hospitable and I don't want there to be hostility between us. And he goes, okay, I understand that. I respect that. And I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. I didn't say this, of course, because, you know. I was a small guy. <laughs> I was like, in my head, I was like, I don't give a fuck if you respect that. You're a fucking bitch. I mean, nowadays, dude, I'd beat the fuck out of him because I'm a grown ass fucking man. But I was a really scrawny 19 year old. And, uh, anyways, a few days later, I come home, I sit on my mattress, and I grab my charger, and I see that it has been cut with a razor. 
And then I look up on the counter, which is right above my mattress, and there's a razor blade there. And I see Stefano in Brandon's room playing his video game, and I'm just like, this guy's a fucking psycho, and he's going to fucking kill me when my phone dies. <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, this fucking retard is going to wait till my phone is dead, and then I have no charger, and then he's going to fucking kill me so I can't call the cops. That's what my head thought. But anyways, I was like, fuck this. And I just, I, I had maybe three full bags of clothes, a skateboard, and my guitar. And, yeah, I had to decide which bag of clothes was the most important to me. <laughs> and I did, and I put, shoved it all in my little fucking duffel bag, and I picked my favorite clothes, put them all in that bag, I put the other ones against the fucking thing, grabbed my skateboard, my guitar, and I just texted Brandon and Sheldon, hey man, I'm going to the store. And I just never went back. It was nuts. It was such a crazy decision. And like in 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 like that short amount of time of me finding my charger cut and me doing that, it was like maybe 20 minutes of me just, con- I was just like, you know, it's really hot outside. You know, I don't really think it's going to be that bad. It hardly ever rains here in Texas. Um, I just got a job at Freebirds. I had just got hired at Freebirds. And I was like, you know, I could hang out there. There's like, you know, people there that are pretty cool. You know, I don't know. I was just like really weighing my options of like, is doing this worth it? And I was just like, I looked at fucking Stefano and I was like, yeah, I'd rather sleep in a fucking uh, a field of fucking prick, prickly pear cactuses. <laughs> so I just fucking left, took my skateboard, my guitar, my bag. And I went skating up to Freebirds, and I went and sat in the back. The back of Freebirds had, like, um, this little bar area where they would hang up newspapers. And I just sat there. I had my backpack. Oh, I had two bags of clothes. I had my backpack and my duffel bag and my skateboard and my guitar. And I sat there, and I was like, really thinking about what the fuck I was going to do and I ended up finding a spot like uh down the road under a bridge that um I could stash my shit at during the day and uh it took them like maybe 2 3 days before somebody was like, "Hey dude, are you are you homeless?" And I was just like, "Don't tell anybody." And they're like, "Oh, everybody knows." And I was like, why? How? I'm like, well, you were here the other day with your bags. I'm like, nobody saw me. And it's like, it takes like, uh, Freebirds was like a small town, dude. It was weird. Like one person knew something. Dude, somebody in a different fucking location would know about it. And I'm like, I've never even been there. And it's like, yeah, they know you. Anyways, so yeah, the first night I was just like, yeah, just don't tell anybody. And he was like, well, everybody knows. I was like, well, don't make a big deal out of it, please. Like, I'm trying to fucking get through this. I'm like, and I don't know how long it's going to be, but I'm just trying to get through it. I don't want to be a burden to anybody. So this guy named Blue came up to me. Guy's tall, black dude, got a blue hat on. You can tell this dude been through some shit. He's street smart and... Uh, 
he said, hey, man, I hate to see you going through this. Uh, here's my address. Here's my phone number. You don't got to come. If you need to, there it is. And I took it. And I was really appreciative of it. But uh, like I said, like at that time, like I felt like such a burden to the world. Like I last thing I wanted to do was show up at somebody's fucking house. And then I think somebody had told me that he even had kids and that he was staying with like some other girl. And I was just like... I'm not going to just bombard on someone's life and like sleep on their couch and shit like that. Like, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. I'd rather sleep outside. And so like the next day I had went in and everyone's like, Hey, what happened? Where'd you sleep last night? And I was like, Oh, I ended up going to a Walmart. And that's where I ended up going a lot because lo and behold, it was hot, beautiful weather. The day I decided to be homeless within a week, it was 18 degrees, zero degree wind chill, fucking fucked up weather and yeah dude like I, I i woke up one night at like three in the morning my toes were numb my fingers were numb and i was i had ice building up on my fucking shoulders and i was like yeah dude it was fucking scary and i was like legitimately scared like i'd never been that cold and like not had a place in mind of where i could go warm up so like it, it was a crazy experience but anyways uh, the place that I ended up finding that was the easiest to just kind of hang out in without anybody giving you a hard time overnight was Walmart. You know, as long as you don't sleep in the store, they can't kick you out unless you're stealing. And I never did that. So, like, uh, I would go there and I'd sit in the wheelchairs, read books, draw, write, and just hang out. And it was warm as fuck, you know. And so I uh, went and I was like, yeah, I just slept at a Walmart. And Blue heard me. And he turned around, he goes, that's real fucking nice, motherfucker. Somebody offers you a place to stay, and you're just going to stay in a while, but all right, yeah, I see how it is, I see how it is. And, like, I was like, damn, man. And, like, I, I did eventually pull him aside, and I was like, Blue, like, I really, really didn't mean to offend you. Like, I, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, I appreciate it more than anything, but, like, I explained to him about feeling like a burden and, like, not really feeling right doing that at that point in time in my life and he never really fucking got over it. and that dude was ended up being crazy like doing some gang gang shit and like got fired and yeah i'm kind of glad i didn't stay at that house <laughs> but this place was awesome man like back in the day 2000 i think it was 14 13 14 uh freebirds was a fucking party spot bro like there was kegs there and like it was for the customers, but hey, dude, all of our Freebirds cups were fucking soggy as shit drinking out of that thing all night, man. Everybody was just drunk. Fucking manager had a fucking big box of fucking Franzia in the fucking fridge all day long. Like, I remember uh, we'd be opening up, you know, you start opening up at like 7 o'clock in the morning prepping and stuff like that. We didn't open till 10, but, you know, the manager would come in at like 10.30 and be like, hey, can you drive? And I'm like, yeah. Here's my keys. Here's my card. Go get a box of Franzia. I'm just like, dude, it's 10 in the morning. It's like, it's almost 10 in the morning. And you're like, you're already fucking filling up your, uh, 